Another way to work smarter, not harder, is once you rewrite your website, you can just copy and paste little pieces of the words that you wrote and put them other places. No need to reinvent the wheel. You're listening to Take It Personally, a podcast about the personal side of business and the art of standing out. I am excited about today's guest. Taylor De La Fuente is an award-winning writer on a mission to help creatives take over the world. As the CEO of Lemon Tree Editorial, a boutique copywriting agency for creatives, Taylor and her team write bold, inclusive copy that sells their clients as services for them. Ready to cyberstalk her? Yes. Yes, you are, because I <laughs> just got done cyberstalking her. And her website is one of the most phenomenal like works of copywriting art I have ever seen in my entire life. It is dripping with personality. It's absolutely incredible. She is so clearly just like standing in her power and her strengths and attracting those, you know, we always talk about soul sister clients and that's exactly who Taylor is attracting because she's just confidently who she is. We talk about this a little bit as the interview opens up, but I get pitches here and there for the podcast, as most people who have podcasts do. And Taylor's came through and it is honestly the best pitch I have ever received. Like it was just, it was so spot on for, um, you know, the types of guests that I want to have on the podcast. Um, she got right to the point. She had a really specific thing that she wanted to talk about. And there was so much personality packed into it. And that's what I'm looking for when I, when I bring guests on, I want you to find them valuable and oh my gosh, you are going to find this episode so valuable. So get ready. Here is Taylor. Taylor, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Maddie, thank you. So excited to be here. I'm I am so pumped to have you. Um, I I want to get right into it, but first, if you could take a second and introduce yourself and let the people know who you are and what you do. Yeah, totes. Okay, so my name's Taylor. My business is Lemon Tree Editorial, and I am a copywriter, which uh, I get a lot of questions on what is a copywriter, and a lot of people think that I am an attorney who does copyright. <laughs> that is not accurate. Copywriter, W-R-I-T-E, means that I write words that sell for your service-based creative business. So when you think of your website, when you think of um, maybe an email sales sequence, when you think of a sales brochure or a Google ad, all of those things are examples of copy or words that sell. So that's that's what me and my team do. So... You do an excellent job at your job. And I I have to lead with this. I get a decent amount of pitches. I think anybody who has a podcast, you've been pitched before. And some of them are great. Most of them are absolute trash. And Taylor's pitch was the best one I have ever read. It was so good. Immediately, I was like, I need to follow this chick on Instagram. I need to go creep her website. We need friends. She's coming on the podcast. Like, it was so, so, so good. Thank you. Thank you. I would be, um, it's not that I would say that I expect that to be the response, but I'd be a little bit ashamed if that was not the response because it is what I do for a living. So thank you. True story. True story. <laughs> well, how did you get started doing what you do now? Yeah, I have always been a writer. I was one of those people who like 
picked a, a club in high school, which for me was newspaper, and I fell in love with it. And I went to college day one to graduation day with journalism as my major. I went and became a journalist and I worked as a newspaper and a magazine reporter for several years. And then I switched to the marketing side of things because it's similar enough um, that I was able to just learn a few things along the way without with having the basics from being a professional journalist. And um, I always kind of felt like something was missing and I never really loved a new job, even if I was so excited to get it, the, you know, honeymoon phase would wear off and it wouldn't be what I thought it would be. And yeah, so I decided to start a little side hustle and then that became a full-time hustle. And then that grew from just me writing copy to hiring writers to work for me. So now I have a little baby copywriting agency, but yeah, it has been like 10 plus years in the making, but I've had the business about five years now. Very cool. Very cool. You you have such a bold brand. Like literally you go to your website and it says badass words for bold brands. And the entire website just has your personality like dripping in the copy. It's incredible. And I, I feel like that's something that makes you stand out so much in what can feel like a sea of copywriters, a sea of creatives. And so that's really what we're talking about today is figuring out the people listening, figuring out what's that kind of special thing that you have, how can you stand out um, and really capitalize on the thing that makes you unique? Um, yes, totally. I say all the time to people like copywriting is an exercise in self-confidence and um, that makes a lot of people feel nervous because I think a lot of people, especially women, often don't feel confident or um, feel like owning who you are, or what makes you different or saying, I am this, I'm not this, or I'm great at X. All of those things make them feel uncomfortable or like they're being braggy and that humility is a, is a good quality, which of course it is. But especially when it comes to business, we want to be telling people what makes us awesome because let's not beat around the bush here. Like your client has a problem, you have a solution they have money. You would like that money. Uh, like it's not a secret that we're dealing in, you know, it's going to be like a business exchange here. So let's not waste anybody's time. Don't beat around the bush. Let's just be honest and say, here's me. Here's what I'm good at. Here's what I am like really, really love about what I do. Here's how my approach is different. And if you're considering five different options, let's say brand photographers, for example, you know, you're not the only photographer they're considering. They've got a few, but if you are looking for X, Y, and Z, then Maddie is the photographer for you. And that's where like your copy can really help you make a sale, which again, copy words that sell all of it's That's the whole thing. Full circle coming back around. <laughs> so is that usually something that people are struggling with when they find you and they want to work with you? Or are they kind of struggling with that confidence piece? Oh yeah. Um, and it varies too, because some people will straight up say like, I'm not a good writer. I'm not confident. I don't know what makes me awesome. But, you know, somebody does because they're paying me and I'd like every, you know, I'd like it to be more obvious. So I get like on that end of the spectrum to the other side of like, hey, I know I do things differently. I've got opinions. I've got whatever. And I just don't really have like the time to to put it out there or the finesse or the skill to be able to say it in the way that I want to say it. So it kind of varies. But most of the time, I would say people really come to the table, even if they are confident enough to say I'm great, they're typically not confident enough to say here's what makes me great. Here's my, what I call my special sauce, what you call the art of standing out. It's the same thing um, that we're talking about. 
Yeah. I I've worked with a business coach now since about 2019. And one of the very first exercises that she made me do kicking and screaming was to figure out, she calls it, um, your mission, which is kind of, you know, a different version of the Mm -hmm. same thing, but it's, it's what makes you different. What keeps your butt in the chair. And I remember saying to her, like, it's just not that deep. I'm, I'm taking photos. And now, of course, I know that that's not the case, but it took me a long time to get to that point where I was like, oh, this is what, this is what makes me different. This is what my clients are looking at when they look at the transformation of working with me and after working with me. Um, It took me a long time to get there. So how, first of all, did you have a moment like that in your business or, or an evolution like that, where you kind of had a hard time figuring out how to stand out? And how do you do that with clients? Yeah. Well, so I think when you're doing it for yourself, it's just harder to do stuff like that for yourself. Just like it's harder to take your own brand photos. It's harder to write your own copy. It doesn't matter if that's your thing. Like it's just harder to do it for yourself. And so, of course, it definitely like I'm not surprised to hear you say I did it kicking and screaming and it took a long time to figure out because, duh, like it's just harder to be introspective. And I'd also say that this was my experience and I recommend this for clients and people too, is like, it takes a while to figure that stuff out. Like you can't just decide on Monday, I'm going to open a business. And then on Tuesday be like, and this is a thing that makes me stand out. You can at least give a, give, give a go at that or have like a first draft, but really a lot of that stuff develops over time because you'll naturally decide I like this service offering. I don't like this service offering or like I thought I wanted to work with this group of people, but now this group of people is really speaking to me or whatever. And so all of that evolves naturally. That's why I always tell people like, if you're going to spend money on a copywriter, don't do it until you've been in business for like Mm. two years because you really need that time to figure that out. And part of it is what is my special sauce? It makes me different. And so I have always been... uh, a self-described big mouth. Um, I used to get in trouble for that. Like my mom always used to say, you know, your big mouth is going to get you in trouble one day. And I have carried that since I was a little kid. And so I've always been a big mouth, a loud mouth, um, a know-it-all, had a lot of opinions, been bold, been sassy. All of those things are just part of who I am and attract people to me. But again, it, it took a little while to figure out like, oh yeah, that was that was why people came to me. And then here's why. I do the certain projects that I do or I'm attracted to the clients that I'm attracted to is because they also are being bold and different. And so like for me, when you say, well, what's your special sauce, Taylor? It is being bold, being honest um, and and being confident, which you feel like that wouldn't really be that special of a special sauce, but but it is. And so it takes a, a while to get there. I totally have strategies that people can use to find their own because it is definitely a journey for sure. Um, but one of my favorite strategies that I used, and this came from a business coach who I have loved and worked with for a long time, way back when I decided that I wanted to start a business in the first place was I wrote down all of the projects that I had done and tried to evaluate like did they give me energy? Did they take energy away? What what did I love about them? What felt like draining or like a bummer about them? Or like, what would I be happy to do over and over again? What would I hate to have to do again? And once you have that, like literally on paper, it's very easy to see patterns, circle things that are the same, whatever. And so from there, that's that's like one easy way to get started on here's some things that are coming up for me and I feel like make me different. And so like if I asked clients or looked at reviews 
thing people were mentioning over and over again. I love how bold you are. I love how unapologetic you are. I love how you drew out this confidence within me because you're confident, all of these things. And that helped me find, find those pieces. I love that exercise. That's really helpful. And that's, that's so tactical too. Like anybody can sit down with a piece of paper and be like, okay, last five projects. Like this is how I felt afterward. Yeah, totally. And so let's just dive into it because like whenever I speak, whether it's on Instagram or podcasts like this or at an in-person event, I'm so much more of like a workshop style speaker than a TED talk speaker. So if you're listening, now would be the time to like pause and get a piece of paper or whatever. But these are my, I've got sort of like three different ways that you can go about finding your own special sauce. So the first way is you ask yourself. The second way is you ask your clients. And the third way is that you ask a peer. So you start with yourself. As we established, Maddie, that one is the hardest, which is why you do it first. Don't don't cop out. Do it first. <laughs> so some questions you can ask yourself are like, what are some things that really bother me about the competition? Like what do, in your case, what do other brand photographers do that I just that really piss me off? Like they're doing it wrong. They're messing that up. They're giving us a bad reputation. Why do they run their business that way? Start with your rant pants on. Because things that frustrate you, just they come flowing out. So that's a good place to start. Then you can also, yes. Then you can also, speaking of the competition, look at like, what are your competitors sucky at? We don't want to bash anybody. But, you know, again, everybody's not good at everything. So maybe what are they like not super awesome at that maybe you are awesome at? Um, Or put another way, like what comes naturally to you that maybe doesn't come naturally to somebody else? I think that that is so key because when, I mean, we, I talk about this in, in coaching on Instagram, we are often so close to something and it just feels so second nature to us that we don't realize mm-hmm. like, oh, everyone else is not as good at this. Yeah, totally. Including like you probably as a business owner have your own opinions about here's why people choose me over somebody else. So ask yourself, like, why do my clients choose me over the competition? The next step is we're going to ask them, but you, you put that hat on and think there and go like, what have I heard from people and why do I think people hire me over somebody else? And then like my last sort of self-evaluation question is like, what cool things about your business would go away if you weren't there anymore? So if you sold your coaching business or sold your photography business and somebody else stepped in and now was the coach or now was the photographer what pieces that were inherently you would go away if they weren't there anymore um, or if you weren't there anymore. So that can help you come up with some ideas on top of what I already shared about like literally write down a list of past projects and sort of evaluate how things went. That is, I, that last one is kind of blowing my mind. I hadn't, I've never thought of it like through that lens before. But that's a really great way to look at it because there's always going to be things in business that can be replicated pretty easily or given to someone pretty easily. But there's also things that can't be like that's kind of just a second nature for you or that's that maybe you've tried to outsource and it just is a failure every single time. And very possibly that's part of your special sauce. I had never thought about that before. Totally. And like I've had a new appreciation for that recently as well, because as I mentioned, I was the sole service provider in my business. And a goal from the beginning was to turn my business into a small agency. And because I had a baby this year and I'm out on maternity leave, I was accelerating that. And so I hired writers to work for me. It just two. It's not, we're not huge. 
with me, it's three writers, but doing that forced me to write down like, what is my process? Where do these things come mm -hmm. from? And even though I sat there and diligently wrote out, here's how you do this, here's how you do this, I still look at the team's work and go, oh, like they do this thing differently than me, or I didn't communicate X. And it's because X is just inherently a tailor thing. And yeah. if I'm not doing the project, that thing isn't there. But then, you know, Brittany has her own thing and she brings this to the project and Danielle has her own thing and she brings this to the project. And so it's it's definitely a good place to start when you're trying to figure out what makes me different. What is my special sauce? How do I stand out is trying to evaluate, self-evaluate and go like, cool things do I bring to the table? Because we we all do. We have so yeah. many cool things. Totally. That type of introspection is so hard, but oh my God, it makes all the difference. Oh yeah. It's like anytime I go to therapy, I come home and my husband's like, how's therapy? I'm like, it was terrible. And therefore it was great. Like, <laughs> yes. it's just, that's just how it works. Like being introspective is not always fun. Working on yourself is not always fun, but at the same yeah. time, like it, it hurts so good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. Okay. So that's getting introspective. It's asking yourself these questions. What's part two? Okay. Part two is asking your clients. Um, and so we kind of alluded to this already, but you can go through th this is the easiest one because you probably already have this already is um, you already have reviews, testimonials. Maybe they're just private emails from a client saying, you know, replying to a gallery going, oh my God, this is amazing, whatever. But um, go look through things that you have received from clients and look for patterns. So if you see words repeated, that's the easiest one to go with, but just overall sentiments too. So if you're seeing your clients mention over and over and over again, like, I love Maddie's process when I work with her, like, it's just, she's so organized. I felt like I knew what was happening every step of the way. Um, like I totally knew what to expect. And that made me like not nervous about spending the money with her or whatever. All of those things might not be things that came to mind for you when you did step one, which is asking yourself what makes me different. Maybe you thought about like, I'm really fun or I'm a mom and people relate to that or, uh, you know, whatever. And then people, your clients say that about you too, but they're also saying like, I loved your process and how clear it was. And that could be something clearly that makes you stand out because they're mentioning it when they wouldn't have mentioned it about somebody else. So yeah. And again, you could do that at any time. You can repeat that anytime. So like wait six months, get more reviews and go back and look and see, are people still writing about that? Have they changed? Are they bringing up something else? But like, that's one really good way to, to ask your couples, quote unquote. And then the other way is to like literally ask them. So pick a few and go back and say, Hey, like I am trying to work on my brand a little bit. You're one of my favorite clients. And I was wondering if I could just do a quick 10 minute phone call and just ask you some questions and then talk with somebody and, and ask them that way. Like, what makes, what makes me different? Why'd you decide to hire me instead of the next person? If you were going to recommend me to a friend, what would you tell them about me as like why they should work with me instead of somebody else? I only in the past maybe year or two have been better about asking clients these types of questions. And it's funny because one of the first times that I did it, I was talking to my, at the time, mastermind group. And I had, I gave it a very generic name and I was like, we need a better name. Like I want something that describes the group a little bit more. And the word that kept coming up was confidence. And I had never 
I had never thought of that as a descriptor of what I do or how I help, which is so mm-hmm. ironic because it has become a complete cornerstone of my brand. And I just had to ask. <laughs> yep. Yep. People will literally tell you why you're great, why they hired you, if they would pay you more. Like I have sent out client feedback surveys where I've asked like, did, did you spend the right amount of money? Would you have paid more? Should you have paid less? Like, how do you feel about, I mean, people will tell you if you just ask them. So all mm-hmm. you have to do is just gather up the courage to ask. And I think personally, a 10 minute phone call is really great because people often share more openly in a conversation, especially if they're a client who you know and are close with, they'll just share more fluidly than they they will in a written format, but there's nothing wrong with a written format too. Like yeah. I want to say like once a year, send out a survey to clients and just say, Hey, you know, I've got a few questions. This is anonymous. It'll take you five minutes and people f- fill stuff out. Um, so you can do, you can do both of those, but I always love a very quick phone call. Very cool. So just tactically, what does that process look like for you when you're looking for reviews? Do you send something at the end of a project or is it more like a couple of times a year you're reaching out? How do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. So me personally, for my business, I use Dubsado as my CRM. And so two weeks, it does this automatically. I have it built into an automation workflow, but two weeks after a project ends, I have it send an email to the client, just following up, checking in, making sure things are still cool. They have any questions, we're happy to answer them. And by the way, I know that you're a small business boss and you totally get how important reviews are and uh, that would really help me and my business grow. And so if you wouldn't mind posting a quick story on your Instagram about your experience working with us. I used to ask people for a Google review and then Google stopped, um, it stopped publishing them. I was getting all of these written and it stopped publishing them. I still can't figure out why I've heard a lot of rumors and guesses, but regardless, I'm Instagram has been a better source for me when people just post on a story, which is very casual. It takes them two seconds and they normally do it anyway because their website launches and they're super excited to announce, Hey, I've got a new website and here's who helped me make it happen. And here's why this process was great and whatever. So that has worked out really well. But again, because it's typically video, people will just speak and it's a little more fluid. And so you can write some of those things down and and capture them. So I always ask that, um, which again, my CRM does it automatically. So if you're listening, you could do that too. Work smarter, not harder, folks. The other thing you can do, like I mentioned, is like once a year, I'll send out just an anonymous survey and just send a link to past clients and say, hey, I've got a few questions and would you mind filling this out? You don't need to give your name if you don't want to. I always leave a space for people to leave their name, but um, they don't have to. And so I try to tailor that to what I'm considering and like goals that I'm working towards for the next year. So it'll have general things like, you know, this uh, working with Lemon Tree Editorial was great because, and I leave them a place to leave a blank. And then same thing, like, my experience working with Lemon Tree Editorial could have been better if and leave a blank space for them to fill in. So I've got some general things like that. And then I've got a few specific things. Like if I'm considering, I don't know, adding a service or changing pricing or something like that, I'll add things, questions about that. But I try to keep it like five to 10 questions maximum. You don't want to make it too long. Yeah. Okay. That makes a ton of sense. I really like the idea of the quick Instagram story because I've struggled with that Google update too. And it makes me nervous to have reviews out there, but Instagram is more of a driver of sales anyway, for me. 
So love yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Because it's like that person to person referral. And then because they, they tag you, you can save it to your Instagram and share yeah. it with your audience because they share it with theirs. And then I highly recommend we do this for every single client. I highly recommend that you listening, do it for yourself, um, create a spreadsheet and like once every six months or whatever, go in and update and just add any reviews that you get, which again, they could be posted publicly. They could be an Instagram story. They could be an email. I have it written in my contract that we're allowed to, you know, a client by signing the contract gives us permission to use any kind of feedback that they write about us, whether it's a comment in a Google doc or an email with feedback or whatever they are giving us permission to use that publicly out in the form of a testimonial. And so when you do that, you don't have to go and ask people, Hey, would you mind if I yeah. posted this somewhere? And so, and in any case, a few times a year, twice maximum or minimum, go through and write all those down and have it in a spreadsheet. And then it's really easy to remember here's who said what and when look for patterns, all of that. Cause it's written down. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. So many great ways to ask our people what they think about us, what they liked working with us. That's great. Yeah. Yep. And then the third place you can look, it's asking your people, but a different group of people is asking a peer. So you probably have some business besties. That's where I would start. Maybe somebody who you've referred workout to, or they've referred clients to you, um, people who you've done collabs with, just a business bestie who knows you and, and what's up and going on, maybe even a business coach or somebody you've hired to help you, but or people on your team. Um, but try and ask those people similar questions about like, what makes me different? What makes me special? Why would somebody hire me or hire us instead of somebody else in their, you know, in their opinion from the outside in? You can ask friends and family, but I would put at the bottom of the totem pole, just because, you know, Maddie, I'm sure you recommend this too. Like they just, they know you, but not in this capacity. And it's just more helpful to go to your professional friends first, if that makes sense. I completely agree. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. So, okay. Once we have this information, you've got your awesome spreadsheet and you, you know what people are saying and how they, how they're feeling. What do we do then? Like, how do we start to highlight that? Totally. Yeah. So then you want to put your special sauce out there. And um, the quick answer is you want to put it everywhere. But if you had to go in a specific order or maybe you only had X amount of time, I would start at the bottom of your marketing funnel and work your way up to the top. So when I say marketing funnel, which I know you've talked about a ton on the podcast already, but when I say marketing funnel, I'm talking about a triangle. It's bigger at the top, smaller at the bottom. So an upside down triangle. At the top is where the most number of new people are going to find you. So for me, that's Instagram. But for you, it might be this podcast. It could be YouTube channel, whatever. Most people find you there. Then they move down. So maybe you've got an email list or again, like a podcast could live in the middle. And then at the bottom of your funnel, doesn't matter what is in the top or the middle of your funnel, the bottom of everybody's funnel is your website. It's the last thing. It's the last place that somebody goes before they decide to reach out and potentially hire you. Even if they reach out via DM on Instagram, they still went to your website first and then went back to Instagram to DM you. So that's the last thing. So back to my advice, which is you start from the bottom of your funnel and you work your way up. And here's the reason why is because if you put some new messaging out there, like let's say you do all this work, you come up with your new special sauce, you come up with a really awesome tagline or catchphrase or something that is going to be the cornerstone of your new personal brand. 
and you start at the top of the funnel, put that everywhere, all over, let's say it's Instagram and Facebook, and then people are finding you. They love that message. They're so into it. They move down the funnel. They subscribe to your emails. They listen to your podcast or your YouTube channel. They go to your website and they don't see that anywhere. They're going to go, do I have the right person? And then they're probably going to leave because now you look wishy-washy or confused. They're certainly confused. And a confused person is never going to become a customer. So if you reverse it and you start at the bottom, you update your website first, and then you update whatever's in the middle. Let's say it's a YouTube channel. And then you update what's at the top. Let's say it's Facebook or Pinterest. Then that whole flow goes a lot better. So nobody's going to be confused if you're not mentioning something and then you start mentioning it, but they will if it goes the opposite. Does that make sense? Yes. That makes a ton of sense. I, again, hadn't thought about it that way, but you're spot on. I've, I've had that happen with people who I'm looking at to be service providers for myself. They'll be doing one thing on social media, but then their website is completely different because they're going through a transition. Totally understand, but it makes me very uncomfortable to send them money. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it doesn't have to be this big intimidating thing. Like you don't need to read do everything and then have a massive launch, like just do it piece by piece. Start with your website, you know, work on that behind the scenes, then press publish and push it live, then move up to the next thing, update your emails or your podcast or whatever, and then work up from there. It's fine. Um, and that's honestly another way to work smarter, not harder is once you rewrite your website, you can just copy and paste little pieces of the words that you wrote and put them other places. No need to reinvent the wheel. So make your life easier. And when it comes to your website specifically, like the places that you really should start first are your homepage and your services page, because everybody goes to your homepage. It's kind of like the table of contents for your website. And then most people are going to go to your services page because they're considering, am I going to hire this person? So if the messaging on those two pages is the same, you really can just start there. You don't even need mm -hmm. to launch a whole new website, just update the homepage and the services page, and then let it continue from there. That makes a ton of sense. Oh, this is, this is so helpful. I feel like I, like I said, I, I have tried to get better about, um, you know, being more introspective when it comes to my brand as it's evolved and asking clients and even still everything you're saying, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to update this or I need to do this differently. There's a lot here to make it more clear why, why you're the best hire for, you know, a certain person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so once you do all of your marketing funnel, the next place you could potentially look is like other sales materials. So again, like if you were, you got somebody in your funnel, they were intrigued by what you posted on Pinterest. They listened to your podcast, loved what you had to say. So now they're on your website. They love what they're reading and they do reach out. You probably still need to do a little bit of selling. So like, can mm -hmm. you update if you have a, a script, like a sales script, or if you use a brochure or a proposal, like, can you update the images, the words, the design, all of that together to speak this new message? All of it will be cohesive. And then the last place you should definitely do it is your social media bio. Because again, mm -hmm. that is the top of the funnel. People are looking at you. And so you can just say immediately, you know. I'm Maddie. My podcast is Take It Personally. And we talk all about personal branding and the art of standing out. Like people immediately know in that first little bit, this is what you're all about. I love how you break it down piece by piece, because I think anytime that you make an update to your brand, it feels incredibly overwhelming because you do have to eventually touch everything, but you're spot on in the fact that it doesn't need to be overnight. It doesn't need to be immediate. Like 
you can go piece by piece and do it in a really smart, strategic way that's extremely intentional and is in front of the right people. Yeah. And you're probably, I would hope that you're really excited by doing this work. It feels like a reinvigoration of your brand and the work that you're doing. And so it's actually like an exciting thing, even though it's overwhelming too, to have this long list to-do list. It can be exciting to go through and be like, okay, first things first, I'm going to update my website. And then I'm going to go do this step. Like it can be really fun. And you don't, I do this all the time of uh, if it's not completely done or completely perfect, then I'd rather just not do it or not start. And that's, I'm trying really hard to teach myself out of that habit and not not doing it that way because it doesn't need to be 100% perfect or 100% the final form for it to be good enough to go out there. So absolutely. I love this. Okay, Taylor, I've got one last question before we talk about where people can find you. And that is um, something new that I'm trying to ask guests. What does personal branding mean to you? I mean, that's really our entire conversation that we just had, right? It's all about a personal brand. And so for me, when you say personal, I don't think it has to do with like personal doesn't mean that it needs to be taylorwrites.com, which is not my business name or my website. Um, Like I have a, my business is called Lemon Tree Editorial. Like my name's not in there at all. And yet I still consider my business to be a personal brand because I am the face of it. And I think that really every business would benefit from being a personal brand because people want to work with people, not with companies. There's a reason why they're hiring you instead of to take their photos, instead of going to JCPenney and standing there in front of those, you know, 90s style, like quick photography. There's a whole reason for that. And so for me, personal branding just means that you are adding your personality into your brand and your brand itself can have its own personality too. That's called your brand voice. So there can be layers to a personal brand, but for me, it's just being personable and having your personality involved in your brand because people want to work with people. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Taylor, where can people find you if they're like, okay, I need more of this woman in my life? Yeah, I hang out on Instagram. Um, so again, my business name is Love and Tree Editorial. My Instagram handle is LT Editorial. So you can find me over there. And that's probably the best place. Um, and if you if you DM me, you're DMing me, you're not DMing somebody else. Like same thing. It's a it's a personal brand. I am there. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, we went over a lot of really great actionable things today. All of those will be in the show notes as always, as well as Taylor's contact information and website, all of that good stuff. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Take It Personally. If you're a regular listener, you might already know that some of the best conversations actually happen after the show. Head over to Facebook and search Take It Personally podcast to join our private Facebook group and join the conversation. We'll also put the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? This is the best way to let other people know about the show and help us to keep creating content you love. You can also head to takeitpersonallypodcast.com for all the show notes from today's episode and past episodes. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.